Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this early afternoon. I always say evening, so I thought it'd be good to break it up. With me today, as usual, my yellow player, my amazing co-host, who is always the hostest with the mostest, my wife, Haley. Hello there. I need to come up with a good introduction for you. I just have that I'm the host, but of course, I always introduce you, so... You're the host and a ginger who looks like a ghost. I'm the host who loves buttered toast. Who loves buttered toast, who I like to roast, my purple player... Who listens to Slayer? Delton. I don't listen to Slayer. But it rhymes, so you do. <laughs> this is my story. It's my world. You're just living in it. I do for the sake of the podcast. You do. Okay. Well, Rain in Blood is the only song I know by Slayer, and it's the only song I like, and I only like very little bits of it. So it counts. I guess so. Welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. We are a podcast all about board games, tabletop games, card games, RPGs, all the games of that sort. We also talk a lot about beer and our friends. I like beer and friends. We like beer and friends. The beer today, I'm going to kick right into it, is Coop, which is a local Oklahoma company. It is their native amber. Now, before we get these beers poured into our glasses, Allison, thank you, Allison, for being a great friend and buying us this, as well as being an awesome Patreon backer, along with Alan, that gets shouted out on the podcast. Pew, 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 pew. If you want to be like them, patreon.com slash games. Check us out. We'll give you a shout. Out. So we made a mess. Stand by. In my defense, this is the first time I have spilt something on your rug. That's true. Because the first time you were opening that wonky gluten-free beer. Yep. And the second time you were talking with your hands and knocked your beer over. Also, yep. And this time you asked me to hand you something and there's like this plethora of cords, cables, wire thingies, beer cans, (laughs) magic cards, even a tape measure and some weird Watchmen figurines I had to navigate through. I just happened to bump my glass and toppled over. So whose fault is it really? You can't name everything on the desk that wasn't in the way. I didn't (laughs) name everything in the desk that wasn't in the way. You can't pretend it was all in the way because it was not. There's even like a pile of Oreos here and 18 tube socks and a mm. tiny dinosaur. I think his name is Larry. All right. Back to what we were talking about before the crazy person went off. (laughs) Allison got us something called Beer Sauce Original. It says put it in your beer. I don't know what that means, except you put it in your beer. It is 45% alcohol by volume, so 90 proof. You also apparently put it on your rug. Yep, Haley put it on my rug. It says turn an ordinary beer into something special. You just add a few dashes of beer sauce, either directly into the mouth of your can, or put some into a pint glass before you pour the beer in. It says the original beer sauce adds a mild tactile heat to your beer along with subtle be- uh, blah, 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 along with subtle bitter and floral elements. Essentially, it's a seasoned spiced liquor to throw into your beer to kick it up a notch in alcohol and taste. Yeah, cuz that thing's like 45% alcohol, right? Yeah, 90 proof. Woo! So, we have some in a glass. Let's smell it before we pour our beers in and everything. So we'll smell it good with. It smells like you threw a tangerine into a campfire. It smells like a whiskey at Christmas with, like, too much nutmeg. I'm still going with tangerine, 
campfire. That's fine. I'll take it. Okay, now we've got the beer, which is Coop's Native Amber. We've had this on the show before, so we thought it would be a good test of tasting the beer, then pouring it in with this beer sauce, and then tasting again and telling you what what it changes. So the straight taste. Mm. A lot of hops up front. Mm -hmm. They stay throughout. Mm -hmm. They diminish at the back. Mm -hmm. Good mouthfeel. It's not too full of a mouthfeel, but it's not a very thin mouthfeel either. I mean, it's a red IPA. It's good. Right? We've had it before. We like it. Let's add it to the beer sauce and see what it tastes like with this beer sauce all mixed in. Ooh, while you're pouring it, it smells interesting. Some of the spices have risen to the top of the head. Well, that's kind of cool. The spice rises to the top. Ooh, it smells very spiced. It smells like a Christmas drink. So it altered it. So it altered it dramatically toward the spice realm. It's a clove. It cut all of the hop flavor out. The hops are basically non-existent. And it does. It has that very like clovey uh, spice taste to it. Yeah, that's, that's just a mouthful of cloves, man. I think I put too much in our glass. Uh, you didn't put as much in mine as you did yours. Mine tastes pretty good. Mine's pretty rounded. Here, let's, let's try each other's out. Because I did. I put significantly more in mine than I did yours. So mine's just burning my throat. It's almost like a really good, like really Jiminy well Christmas. made ginger ale. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. But man, that let like. Me, let me try yours. Try not to knock anything off into the rug again. Navigating one cable. As I navigate 17 cables and a fly swatter. And a ghost. So yours, I still get a little bit of the hops. Mine has no hops left. It does have that really ginger burn. I think that's just the cloves. It's like a, uh, it's like a good <laughs> ginger ale as Haley bumps the cable with the beer. You're terrible about this. You're terrible about cables. This just shows I need to buy a 10-foot cable, not a 5. So that way, instead of stretching across the desk, I can lay it and let it snake across to where it's not in her way. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So today is Saturday. It's Saturday the 26th. Our episode, this episode, releases on the 27th. So we're late again. Yay. Procrastination. However, today we did get a new table, coffee table that is, for our living room from a consignment store. And? And we got an entire, like, 12 places worth of dishes for 60 bucks. Here's the thing. I looked up these dishes and generally for a set, which is a saucer, a bowl, a plate, and a cup it is 65 dollars. i bought 12 of those place like place settings for 60 bucks themselves i bought 780 dollars worth of dishes for 60 bucks and they're very 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 lightly used the only thing you can tell is used at all is a couple of the bowls and we bought the table so i spent 150 dollars on a table and dishes i never thought my fun budget money would go towards dishes and furniture Yet here I am. I have finally reached adulthood. We also, thanks to my mom, were able to purchase a gas log to go in our fireplace. Our fireplace has a little gas tube, and that gas tube normally would be used to light real wood. Well, they're going to come and clean it and inspect the my chimney and fireplace, and then they're going to install this gas log, so that way we can turn it on. It looks good. It gives us a lot of energy, or a lot of heat, uses less gas in the process, is very efficient, and it's going to be nice. Shout out to Tammy Don Brack, the OG Malt House game supporter. Thank you, Mom. She'll never hear this, but thank you, Mom. Thank you, Tammy. <laughs> so this week's been kind of a rough week for us. A rough two weeks since the last episode. So our last episode aired shortly after Hershey got out of surgery. Hershey went in to get three teeth pulled on the Monday before that episode. 
That Thursday in that episode, I talked about that he had some pain, went back, got more pain meds, and everything was fine. That Tuesday, what we thought was pain was actually fluid gathering in his lungs, and we had to take him to the vet Tuesday night, uh, almost emergency style. Um, We were hoping it would go away. We didn't know it was fluid. We thought it was just more pain. Ends up it wasn't. We think the first vet visit, he coughed up the fluid, so the vet was tricked into not realizing there was fluid there because she said the lungs were clear. So that Tuesday, we took him in. He stayed there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We were supposed to pick him up on Friday because he was doing so much better. We were going to have to give him shots here at home to get him past it. He basically had a pneumonia on top of his heart murmur, which had worsened during this, this time. Well, we go to pick him up that Friday night, and he coded, which means he died. And the, everybody, they brought him back, resuscitated him. We got to go back and see him. He woke up, basically spit out the trach tube, woke up enough for us to see him and talk to him for a second, but they had to put him back in the oxygen pen. The way that you cure fluid in the lungs is medicine to pull the fluid away from the lungs, make them pee it out, and oxygen to make sure, because with fluid in the lungs, they breathe rapidly, which means they don't get enough oxygen because they're not taking full breaths. So they had to take him to the pen. They took him and put him in the pen that Friday night. Saturday morning they called, and he didn't make it through the night. So we lost Hershey on Saturday. <laughs> Said I'm not going to get emotional on the podcast, damn it. Damn it. Not going to get emotional on the podcast. Uh, I drank uh, the feelings away. <laughs> that, this is why we use the beer sauce this episode. <laughs> a little liquor in our beer uh, is not a bad thing. This is not thing. a healthy coping skill. I promise this is not how we've been coping it's, this week. Uh, but I've drank a lot of wine. But talking about it on the podcast, we're like, oh, man. It, it doesn't help. But um, he passed away Saturday morning. Uh, I've had him for 13 years. All but seven months of that. Or seven weeks of that. Sorry. So. Uh, it's been tough. Oh, God damn it. It's been tough. We need and to punch so... <laughs> a wall to feel like a man again. I know. Uh, we wanted to get this done early in the episode, but uh, it's been a hard two weeks. It's been very difficult to get through uh, when something's part of your routine and it changes. And it's, your family. And your family. It's, it's not son. easy to go through. And I was also very attached. And he was attached to me. So He was in Delton's life twice as long as I have. As I was. A little over twice, yeah. Oh, God, this beer's spicy. Woo. But it's been tough. It's been a very rough two weeks. But having said that, we're going to get this out on time. We're going to get back to posting on social media. I don't know if you've paid attention, but I've been vacant, essentially. Except Um, for the post about Hershey on Sunday. I posted about Hershey the day after he passed. And I've posted a few things here and there or commented, but not. I haven't kept it up. The stress of the holidays and then the stress of his situation just kept getting worse and worse and worse until he finally passed and a little relief came from that, I think, of he can rest now, it's all over, we have an ability to rest now and calm down. So it's been rough, but we're back, and that's been <laughs> that's been our last two weeks, basically, and then especially last week. Today's recording, the day before this episode releases, is a week since he's passed. Uh, we've gotten multiple cards, a lot of great friends have done great things for us. And we appreciate all of them. Yes, thank you all so much for supporting us in this time. That morning that Hershey passed, we went and saw him and got to say goodbye kind of thing and pay. Because <laughs> vets want their, you know, they need to get their money to keep the doors open. But we decided that day to go to Tulsa, which it had been the plan. We decided to continue with it to go see our friends Zach and Sarah, who, hello Zach, who will be listening to this at some point. Haley's trying not to cry right now. Haley's trying real hard not to cry right now. I'm wondering what her face was doing. Uh, we decided to go see them in Tulsa and spend that Saturday and that Saturday night and some of Sunday with them in hopes that 
well, one, we want to see them. We don't ever get to. And two, it would be a good distraction for me. And it was. It was an amazing weekend. They're such great friends, and we have a great time with them every time we get together. We cook food. We drink wine, except for Zach. We play games. We hang out. Me and Zach smoked a cigar. We watched some Star Wars. We ate some good pizza. So it was a great weekend. We only played one game, but that's going to be this episode's game. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. And that game is the game. The game today is a game called The Game. I'm sure you've heard of it. Which we have mentioned it on the podcast before, but we have a reason why we're making it the game of the episode this time. We do. So this is the only game we played at Zach and Sarah's last Saturday. So a week, a, a week and a day ago from this episode's release. It's designed by Stefan Bindorf. This is the Target exclusive, which I think is all you can get now, that is illustrated by Quan Chai Moria. Um, it looks like they also credit a layout from Jason D. Kingsley. Pandasaurus puts out this version, the originals from IDW games. So I'm guessing it's about something from a comic book or whatnot. We did talk about The Mind on the podcast. And The Mind's a game, you know, where you have numbers one through 100. You're trying to play them without speaking in order from lowest to greatest or uh, fewest to greatest. I don't know. Lowest number to highest number. It's From fine. one to 100. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's a better way to put it. The game does the same thing, except everybody has a hand of cards. You can talk, unlike the mind. You just can't say what numbers you have. You can basically say, hey, don't move at all here. If you move here, be very, very small movements. Don't touch this stack or you'll get a divorce. Exactly. There's a lot of yelling, which is why it's fun. Oh, yeah. Especially but, with Zach and Sarah. Especially with Zach and Sarah. <laughs> But the game's different than the mind because not only is there communication, but there instead of having one stack of cards where you're playing one number after the next, there's four stacks. Two of the stacks start at 100 and descend down to one, and two of the stacks start at one and ascend up to 100. The only weird rule, aside from that, there's two, is one, you must play at least two cards, three for the expert variant, but you can play as many as you want. But you have to at least play two, you can't play less than that. The other rule that you have to always remember, we don't have to remember, but it's helpful, is let's say you're on the stack that the one's going up. If you have a card exactly 10 below the current top of that stack, you can play it to lower the number. For example, if the number on a stack going from one to 100 is 37, if in your hand on your turn you have a 27, you may play that 27 on top of the 37 to lower that stack back down then that would give people who could have a 28, 29, 30, 31 or something to play on that stack. That's the whole game. But it's been very fun because you're kind of griping at each other for ruining stacks and uh, complaining that you're going to mess it all up. You never get the numbers you need, all that kind of stuff. But it has that same tension as the mind, except this time it's a mechanical tension and it takes, it takes that tension away from you as a player being bad at reading signals to you as a player having bad cards so you can blame the game. I think that's a helpful difference for some people because I know Sarah doesn't like the mind, but she enjoyed the game. I also like to point out that the graphic design is amazing. Well, Quan Chai's illustrations are just good. Like, it's simple. It's, you know, kind of cartoonsy, but cute, but cool. Like, it's just such a simple way to illustrate it. Right. Have you ever talked about meeting Quan Chai Moria? We did, where I just fanboyed the whole time and didn't even give him a business card or anything. I just said, I love you, you're so great. And that was basically it for five minutes. Hey, he was nice. He was very nice. But that's, I mean, that's the game. That's how you play the game. It's a small card game. You can take it anywhere. 
It's super fun. You can play it solo. You can play it up to, I think, four to five people. No. I've played it with up to four. You can play it with up to five people. It's only about 20 minutes, and that's probably with five if you're playing quickly. It did take us longer for our plays, but we were also chatting with friends we hadn't seen in forever, so it took a little longer, which is not a problem. And the reason why we chose this game kind of ties into the topic of the episode. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the topic for today's episode is using games to help make it through stages of grief or make it through the grieving process. So I know we talked about going to Tulsa this weekend with Zach and Sarah. Saturday was a very raw day for Delton and I. I mean, Delton had had Hershey since he was 15 years old. Hershey was an old boy. The death came very unexpectedly. I mean, the doctors, I mean, the veterinarians, there are three of them in there consulting with us. And they all had hopes that he was going to make it through. And so we had some hopes. And then for him not to make it, I mean, it really crushed us. And so Saturday, going to Zach and Sarah's house, it was a great distraction. We were still very raw emotionally. And so this game, it is mechanically complex enough to keep you engaged and to make you think. But it's also light enough that you really don't have to pay a lot of attention until it's your turn. And so that gave us time between our turns to chat, to visit. We can put the game down for five minutes and have a story time or a conversation. It was light enough to keep everybody engaged with each other as they're playing the game. It's not like putting down a heavy Euro game where everyone's staring and calculating and mathematizing and spending their time trying to just figure out a move. But my turn's over. These stacks are going to change so much by the end of it. I'm just going to sit and talk to you kind of thing or whatever. You can still focus on the game, but it gives you the ability to break away. Right. And I think I just like this because it, it allowed us to have a reason to sit together, all four of us, but we just talked and that's what we needed. We needed to have that joy. We needed to have that sorrow at times. And this allowed us to come together and engage all of us in the same way. Yeah, it brought us all into one moment so that way it didn't feel like we were talking at somebody or being talked at or the conversation never felt one-sided because the game was the end all. If you hit a lull in the conversation, you started to get sad oh, is it my turn yet? Okay, well, what's been played? And you can deflect, honestly, toward the game, which I found helpful. Right, and then there's also, there's also a time where I got emotional while we were playing, and I was able to step away, and you guys can continue to talk, and I can come back to the game easily. But this game was not only used this weekend, but uh, about three weeks ago, my dad had a very, very dangerous surgery. So basically, he had part of his spine replaced with cadaver spine, which is a scary for him and the family, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. And so I'm sitting up there at the hospital at 5 a.m. My mom's there. My grandparents are there. My aunts and uncles are there. We're getting phone calls from extended family members every seven and a half seconds, it seems like. But while we're waiting that four and a half hours for dad's surgery to go on, we're just sitting there waiting. And there were times when my grandmother would start tearing up and crying just because she's so overwhelmed and worried about dad. Mom was trying to answer phone calls and feeling stressed out. My aunt was really stressed out trying to be there for my uncle, who's my dad's brother. And so what it is, I brought out the game. And, you know, you have my 70-year-old grandma, my, I'm not going to say mom's age, mom, and my about the same age aunt hanging around. You know, how do you engage everybody? Everybody's feeling all these different emotions. Mom's feeling stressed and anxious. Grandma's feeling sad as can be. My aunt is worried about my dad and my uncle. So how do you bring everybody together? Well, I brought out the game and it was something I was able to teach all of them within two minutes. 
And so you're able to teach all of them a new game. And it brought us all together. And we had we got to play the game and talk and play the game and talk and play the game and talk. And throughout that total two hours, we probably played the game six times. But we talked about dad. We went back to the game. We talked about dad. We went back to the game. We talked about other things. Talked about family. Like I said, the game was light enough to bring us together, but in a way where we could all still talk and process. We can all be engaged with each other without that just being the reason why we're together. Does that make sense? It does, because if you just get together to talk about something sad, it's just going to be a bunch of bumbling idiots going, <laughs> which was basically me all Friday and Saturday. Which basically us before we got the game out. We were it all was. stressed. It was all stressed. Everybody was upset. Like Zach and Sarah were so gracious to us to just basically tell us to do whatever the hell we wanted. <laughs> but at the same time, it was nice to do something with them that helped us through it. It helped them. Zach and Sarah are very good about knowing what to say when we're sad just to have a conversation. Well, they're both therapists too. They're, they're both, <laughs> that yeah. helps. I'm the only non-therapist there, which is probably why I did so well. But they know how to do the, have these conversations. But I think in a normal group of people, so let's say your family, it was even more critical in that moment to keep everybody relaxed, calm down, and ground them to something. Because that's the thing in my head. All it is is I go to these memories, and I go to these memories, and I go to these thoughts, and I think about the last time we got to see him and he saw us, and then the last time again, and then this and that. And it's back and forth, back and forth. But then coming to back to the game and having decisions to make, I could bounce back and forth to where every time I accessed those memories of sadness, it wasn't as bad. It kind of allowed you to experience them and process them without them overwhelming you. Exactly. And so I was very thankful for that. And Zach and Sarah made that even easier than it would have been with anybody else. And then playing the game, it really helped. And I understand that, like, hopefully you listening can understand that this the game, one reason that I think this is such a fitting choice for this option is it could be any game. And calling it the game is kind of funny. Right, I guess that's really true. That it fits. But this could be any game for you or for somebody that you know. And it's just that if someone's going through a hard time and they like to play games, find something similar. It's light enough to teach in a minute or two, but it's got enough thought to keep you occupied, but it's also simple enough that you can step away if you need to or take those breaks in between, have a conversation, have drinks, laugh, cry, everything all together. And it's doing that, you know, board games can be that helpful catalyst to get you through those moments, along with, of course, great friends. So back to the game, the game, you know, I taught that to my mom and we ended up loaning her the copy, our copy before buying her her own because she was in the hospital for about seven days with dad like never even left the hospital. She stayed by his side the entire time. And so that's distressing, you know, even if you're with your significant other, with your loved one, and you know they're safe, you know they're being taken care of, just seeing them in that state, you want to be there with them. Well, mom said that this game allowed her to be there and to engage her thoughts. So she just wasn't sitting there worrying. Because with our with the cell phone, yeah, you can kind of tune out. You can get your cell phone, you can scroll through Facebook, but you're completely tuned out. That's why I like board games or the game. Mom can play the game solo. She's engaged. She can keep her attention on dad and go back to the game. Attention on dad, go back to the game. There's not this like mind-sucking thing that cell phones have or that games have, like electronic games have. Games let you connect with the world around you while still escaping. And I like that. It's very good. And that's, that's how we've used the game in the past two weeks. Um. It's been super great for it, and games can work that way for people, so definitely keep an eye on it for anything like that. It's like $14.99 at Target, and it's worth it. I think it's $12.99. Oh, snap. Or $11. It's, it's not expensive. It's 15 
You know, if you can um, if you can save up fifteen dollars, it's definitely worth saving that for or budgeting for it. It's it's a good one and it's helped us a lot. Are there any other games you think that would be good for this kind of grief help? And now, join us for a Malt House Games Podcast special bite size question. I think for tough times in general, there are a lot of games that have really helped us. You know, I'd come home from graduate school a couple years ago, just be completely stressed out of my mind and just want to play board games with you because it, it gives you that kind of grounding feeling. You're having to use your brain just a little bit, depending on the game, but you get to spend that quality time with each other. I think really that's what helps me get through hard times is engaging myself, applying myself with those that I love. So a few games that really helped me throughout that time, and I know you hate it so much. I love the original Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride helped me so much because it's, it's such a simple game. First, it was the first game I bought you, so there's sentimental value. And so every time I play it, I think about the early stages of our relationship. And I just get all giddy. It makes me happy. And then I think, what went wrong? I was about to say, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, but also, it's light enough to you really don't have to pay too much attention as you're going. But you get to have that quality time together. And then you get to screw the other person over and you get to laugh about it. And so it's light enough that you can have conversations, but it's also complex enough to keep you engaged. And remember in grad school, that was something I wanted to play all the time, especially during my stressful days or stressful weekends. It was a lot of that and Sushi Go. A lot of Sushi Go. A lot of Sushi Go. What about you? I'm not really sure. When I get in these hard moments, and it was even this weekend at Zach and Sarah's, it's hard for me to even think about playing a game. And I think that's the difference between us is when you're stressed out, you want to do something to get rid of it. When I'm stressed out, I just like my brain goes to you're stressed out, you're stressed out, you're stressed out and it sticks. And so for me, it's kind of hard to break through the one thing that I really wanted to do this weekend. And I know that, you know, I mean, we were spending time with good friends. I wasn't going to derail it for something that I didn't know anybody wanted to play. And we were having a great time conversing and, you know, having just a great time. So it's not a big deal at all. But I really just wanted to play Crokinole and mindlessly flick little discs into the center of the crokinole board and try to get that 20 points. That was where my brain went. Like you flick your feelings into 20 years from now therapy. (laughs) That's essentially it. That's what I wanted at the time. And it's one of those things where I don't know why I wanted it. And so maybe that's my game for that. It's hard for me to say because I've never like this is this is really probably going to sound terrible. This is the hardest loss I've had in my life. It's really the first time you've actually experienced grief. The first time I've lost somebody that has meant something so great to me. And I understand that for some of you, it may just be that's just a dog. But I mean, I know I hate to beat that drum again, but they're family. Like, I don't care what you say. It's it's more than that. And I'm going to stop or else I'll start crying. So it's one of those <laughs> things where uh, in a tough situation, I don't know how I react yet. But Crokinole was the thing I really wanted to do, but I I wanted to do what everyone wanted to do. You know, it was a little bit of social norm, but I'm glad I did because I think what we did was perfect in that moment. But I think if it if it came to it again, I might just want to play Crokinole. That's a good one. And we'll play that tonight. We'll play it tonight with Brian and have a good time. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Thank you for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast. I know this episode is a little more sad than you might want it, And it's also going to be a little shorter, hopefully, cross my fingers, because I've got to edit it tomorrow and I've just not been in the mood. And so it's kind of hard coming off of this, but we're hoping to be back at social media full force again and get back into the groove of everything and get on our routine that we've been used to. If you have any questions for us, comments, want to give us a topic to talk about, 
or a game to talk about or something like that, email us, contact at malthousegames.com. You can also find us on all social media at Malthouse Games. Don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, or if you're listening to us on Spotify, which is where we're now at, or Stitcher Radio, wherever it's at, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. It helps us a lot. And if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Tell people what you like about the show. It helps people find us, learn to love us some more, so that way we can keep getting listeners, keep hopefully making people happy, and keep progressing in this content creation world of a ridiculous amount of people that do this. But we are the only ones who continuously and consistently spill beer on the rug. That's also true. If you want to find me personally, I am at Delton Brack. I accept most friend requests on Facebook. I will follow you back most likely on Twitter. If you want to find Haley, she is at Squirrely Geek. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. Squirrely Geek on the Twitter. I think that's everything for today. Sorry to bring the mood down with today's episode, but hopefully the game is something that you can pick up for those hard times for you or friends or family. Or or, for fun times. Or just for fun. But also, maybe it also gave you an idea of a game that works for you in place of it. Until next time. Sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you all soon. See you all soon. Bye. Bye.